So she's got her little speed pipe out, and I told her to just sit the fuck down and shut up. But I push Ivan up against the wall, and I'm like going, look, this shit has gotten crazy, okay? James is dead. People are dying. What the fuck is going on, man? When this thing goes to court and trial, I have one shot and one opportunity to be not guilty, or I go to prison in death row. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the reality of it. We have busted alibis. We have caught people in lies. This is just insane because everybody's pointing the finger at somebody else. You just don't hear every day walking in somebody's house, they're going to take the plastic out and pop somebody. So he could get the execution date pretty much any day? Yeah. There's no impediment. This is Cousins by Blood. Episode 4. Under the couch cushion. After Ivan's arrest, Amy Betcher went back to Arkansas and told her mom and stepdad that Ivan was the one that killed James and James' fiance, and that he took her back over to the house afterwards and she saw the dead bodies. As you heard last episode from Amy's stepdad, Mr. Kramer, While he did notice some peculiar behavior from Ivan and Amy during their visit, he said that Ivan was calm and cool as a cucumber given the circumstances, leading him to believe that it would be impossible to be that calm unless Ivan had killed before. This was not his first rodeo, so to speak. But what Kramer was not taking into consideration was, what if Ivan was so calm and cool because he was not the murderer? He had nothing to hide. While some people, like Kramer, are convinced that Ivan murdered his cousin James and James' fiance Amy Kitchen, others are convinced of Ivan's innocence. Namely, Tawny, Ivan's ex-girlfriend. So why is Tawny relevant to this story? Well, you'll remember Ivan and Amy Betcher had spent three days in Arkansas with Amy B's parents and they drove back to Dallas on November 7th, 2000. It was Tawny's apartment they would go to and spend the night, which would become Ivan's last night of freedom. On November 8th, Ivan would be arrested, and Tawny would find the murder weapon under a couch cushion in her apartment. So what did the jury think about Tawny's testimony about the interactions between Ivan and Amy, and then finding the murder weapon? Well the jury never heard it because she was never called to the stand to testify. Like a lot of the statements brought forward during this podcast, this is new exculpatory information and Tawny has signed affidavits regarding this testimony. So let's start at the beginning. Who was Tawny and what was the deal with her and Ivan? Tawny was and is a hairdresser by trade. And believe me when I say, Ivan and Tawny were a good-looking couple. Check out the picture on our social media. They looked like what you'd imagine as a fun, flashy couple in the 90s. But what was interesting about them was the age difference. Well, he was 18 and I was 30. You know, at first I was just like, oh, no, 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 he looks he looking like a baby. There's, <laughs> But he was very... Um, You know, he was smart and he was charismatic and he was good looking and he was fun and he was just, he was just such a great guy. The age thing just really didn't 
I don't know. It just didn't seem to matter. Except for Sylvia told me the first time I ever. Sylvia is Ivan's mom. She ever met me. I came over to their house and I'd either made made dinner for them or something. But I came, I came over and brought a big bottle of wine. Well, I'm not thinking. He's 18. His little brother's what? 14 or some shit. And Sylvia's like, yeah, you walked in with a big bottle of wine, Tawny. And I'm thinking, yeah, and? She's like, well, Ivan was 18. I was like, and? <laughs> Ivan and Tawny clicked. Tawny said it was on immediately. And pretty quickly, Ivan got an apartment and they moved in together. This would be the early 90s. They dated for years, eventually broke up in the mid-90s, but remained friends through both of Ivan's broken marriages. When our story takes place in 2000, that summer, Ivan and Tawny had hooked back up to go on vacation to Jamaica with Carlos and Anthony, James and Ivan's close friends, who you heard a little about in episode two. So Carlos and Anthony and their girls, and Ivan and Tawny, all have a blowout birthday week in Jamaica for Ivan about six months before the murders. And in between was when Amy Betcher came into the picture. Well, so you guys are going to Jamaica in June. So Mm -hmm. June, July, I believe like late August, Ivan Mm -hmm. meets Amy. And did you meet Amy before she came over to your house that night? No. Well, other than running into her at 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 Club 7 one night. So you met her and Ivan at Club 7? I didn't meet her. I didn't meet her. I saw her and I was fixing to go. I was going after her and Ivan, that's when Ivan grabbed me and told me not to embarrass myself <laughs> why so why were you gonna go after well because fuck her <laughs> she was with Ivan I've been okay so you had bumped into her at club seven Ivan has apparently moved in with her they moved in together around October were you yeah, guys were you and Ivan so you guys probably weren't you and Ivan weren't talking regularly then because he was with Amy no, I didn't even know who the hell she was. That catches us basically up to the the night of the murders or the murders. And so when did you first hear about the murders? I got a phone call from Eric, his little brother. Eric is Ivan's younger brother. He was about 20 at the time. And it, I was at an, old, an ex-boyfriend of mine's wedding. It was a Saturday night. And Eric calls you and says, what? Uh, James has been killed. Can you please, will you please come home? And so I was at the reception, the wedding reception, and I just remember telling my friends, I got to go, because I, I just knew whoever killed James was going to kill Ivan. Why did you think that? I just did. So I leave the wedding reception, and I go... I don't know if Eric was at my apartment or if I went and got him. Or, and uh, I'm just like thinking we got to find Ivan. We just got to find Ivan. Then Ivan, I guess, calls me and tells me that he was with that Amy girl and they were in Arkansas or some shit. And he wanted to know if I knew any, if I knew anything about what had happened. And I said, yes, and I don't know where the fuck you're at, but you've got to come back here because... Um, when people start getting killed and, you know, and I knew that him and James were, had tanning salons together and shit like that. And I knew James was into stuff. And Now, was Ivan ever a drug dealer? 
Like James? No. No. And and in that when Amy's statement when she said, Oh, Ivan went and got his gun, his favorite gun, he never had I never seen the man with a gun ever, 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 ever. Tawny had just listened to episode one and heard Amy's statement for the first time. That's actually how this interview came about. Tawny had been dodging me for the past year, but after hearing episode one, she agreed to an interview because she wanted to get her statement on the record. But what she was referencing, that in Amy's statement, she said that Ivan came back after the murders and says, quote, this is my favorite gun, unquote. I found that interesting, too. Like Tawny said, she had never seen Ivan with a gun, and no one at trial or in all of my interviews had ever seen Ivan with a gun, other than Jeff and Amy Betcher. So I've wondered, how many guns could Ivan have really had for that to be his, quote, favorite gun? Or was that just another false statement by Amy? How does it happen that Ivan and Amy get to your apartment? the night of the 7th? I don't know. I guess they drove there. Um, Eric had just been over there. His, his younger brother had been over there, and we'd had dinner and stuff. And, uh, and Eric had left, and I was getting ready to go to bed or whatever, and there was a knock on my door, and he, in comes Ivan and Amy. And I'm like, what the hell? Okay, so they had just drove in from Arkansas because they had, I think they had maybe one, one, one or two bags. And I'm thinking, I'm just like freaking out. So I tell her, she's, she's like, I don't fuck her. I don't even know her. Anyway, so she's got her little speed pipe out. And I told her to just sit the fuck down and shut up. So I, she sits down on my couch and shuts the fuck up. And I push Ivan up against the wall. And I'm like going, look, this shit has gotten crazy, okay? James is dead. People are dying. What the fuck is going on, man? They're going to kill you. And I'm, you know, and I've got him pushed up against the wall. I would have felt a gun or something. Remember, Amy said that Ivan had the gun on him in Arkansas. And according to Amy, Ivan drove the murder weapon back to Dallas. And in about 24 hours, Tawny will find it in her apartment. Right. So you're pushing him just like... Saying, I just, I'm just pushing him like, what the fuck is going on, man? This has gotten out of hand. I don't know what you kids are, you know, I don't know what the fuck y'all are doing. And this little whatever this thing is over here on my couch, you know, she's over there just steady hitting that fucking feed pipe. Well, and so what... What are they saying? Like, what is their demeanor? She's like not saying they... a, she's not saying a fucking thing. Cause I'm not. I already told her to shut the fuck up and sit down. She's and what what was Ivan saying? Ivan was. What like, was the conversation? Um, he was just like, I know I've got to go. I've got to go over to the apartment. I've, um, I, I've got to run over there. Um, Detective Wynn has been trying to get a hold of me. I need to get a hold of him. I'm gonna run over to the apartment. And I guess that's when he went over to the apartment and got the, um, I guess the police had already been there. And so while Ivan is at their apartment, if Amy was afraid of Ivan, she had yet another opportunity to tell someone and leave or call the police. You know, and this whole time, okay, he's got the gun on him. He's holding this gun on her. She's been 
with her parents for three days. Seriously, are you? Cr- I'm sorry, just the whole thing does not work. That just doesn't add up at all for me. I mean, you're in a car for eight hours. You, you you're on all these drugs. I mean, it, none of that makes any damn sense. Well, so Ivan leaves, but so she doesn't tell you anything. She doesn't she say. She doesn't tell me shit. Well, any time did Amy act scared of Ivan? No. She acted more scared of me. So now that's two direct witnesses, Tawny and the party DJ in episode one, that were in direct contact with Ivan and Amy, and both are saying that Amy was not scared of Ivan. Something she testified to again and again on the stand at trial. And again, Ivan's defense lawyers never called Tawny to the stand, which is hard to believe because her testimony could have completely negated the state's star witness. What was the reason that they came to your house? This is from my understanding was that she wanted to come to my place because she thought that Ivan wouldn't kill her there. <laughs> but did she tell you that? I don't remember how I know. No, she never told me that. No, no, no. She never, she never, she never, she had every opportunity in the world to tell me anything. So Ivan comes back after going to his apartment and... Uh-huh. And, then he, and then he said he had been, then he called his mom and they, then him and Amy left and went and met uh, Penny and Penny and Sylvia. And I went to bed. This was the 2 a.m. meeting at IHOP with Ivan's mom, his Aunt Penny, and Ivan and Amy. You'll be hearing more about this meeting in upcoming episodes. And you'll remember, after IHOP, Ivan and Amy go over to Metals and smoke some speed, and Ivan said he handled different guns there. Did they wake you up when they come back that late that night or late that early morning. that morning? Yeah, yeah, early that morning. Um, I got up because I had to go to work, so me and Ivan um, got ready, and me and him left at the same time. Which would have been what time? we left. I had to be at work at 10, so we left about 9-something. And he was going to go meet his mother and do whatever. And the only thing to do was to leave her at my apartment. I couldn't take her to work with me, and I didn't know what to do. So we just left her there. And was she sleeping, or was she Uh just hanging out? She finally went to sleep, yeah. So you and Ivan leave at about the same time. Uh And... Well, from your understanding, Ivan was going to meet with Detective Wynn. Yes. Yes, with his mom. And what is Ivan telling you about, I mean, is he saying anything? Uh, like, just, he's just, he's like freaked out, you know, like he needed to go talk to this detective because his cousin's been killed. I mean. It was more like, you know, he needed to go see what the hell was going on. Not like, I mean, you know, everybody needed to know what was going on. I mean, that was but I guess, you know, there was no I mean, indication in the way that he was acting that perhaps he had, he had done this. Oh, hell no. No, 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 no. So, okay, let's keep going through the timeline. So you guys, you leave, you and I can leave at the same time, mm-hmm. and then you're at work. And then I'm at work, and then I get a phone call, and it's from uh, Amy. 
she says, will you please come home because Sylvia's coming over here to get me and I don't want to go with her. And I'm like, um, okay. So I leave work and I come home and um, me and her are just sitting there kind of, you know, shooting the shit. And I was probably home 15, 20 minutes and the phone rang and I answered it and it was Ivan and he had been arrested for capital murder. And all I kept telling him was that, don't worry, I got this, don't worry, I got this. What, what did that mean? I don't know. I just knew that I had to get him out. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't I didn't know what else to say to him. I mean, well, he just couldn't do that. That They had the wrong person. And um, so then he says, can I talk to Amy? And I'm like, here. And so I give her the phone, and I don't know what the fuck they said. Then she gets off the phone and immediately starts calling the airlines. She got a flight out that night. Well, first we left and we went and we stopped at Friday's or Bennigan's or wherever the hell it was and stopped and had drinks and sat there and drank and talked and I was being nice to her. And, you know, at any time she could have told me anything. And she was just, you know, freaked out and wanted to go home. And I'm like, okay. And what were, what were you guys talking about? Do you remember? Um, just nothing of any importance, obviously, but she never said anything like she was afraid of Ivan or, or nothing. Did she I mean, say anything about the murders at all? No, like, hell no. Oh my God. I mean, come on. If, if somebody would have done that to a girl, I mean, how could you not tell somebody? I mean, how? what kind of a human being are you that you go visit your parents, you've seen dead bodies that supposedly your fiancé, oh God, it just makes no sense. It just none of it makes any damn sense. I would have never, ever, ever known that this girl had supposedly been through whatever it is she was supposedly had gone through. There's just, no. There was no indication? No. No. And so how many drinks are you guys having? Oh, um, you know, several. You know, I haven't been arrested for capital murder. I'm drinking. From Amy's story, if, if that had really happened to her, do you feel like she would have told you that then? I don't know her, and she didn't know me, but, I mean, I know me, and if some shit like that would have happened, I'd be telling everybody. Oh, then it's time for me to take her to the to get, catch her flight. So um, I take her to DFW, and she wants me to walk her in. I'm like, okay, fine, you know. So I walk her in and make sure she gets on the plane, and then she gives me a hug, and she hands me this money, and I just put it in my pocket, not thinking anything. I thought maybe it's for the drinks. I don't know. But Amy didn't just slip her money for the drinks. Amy gave Tawny $1,500, but we'll get back to that. And um, and then she, that's when she said, you know, just check your apartment, make sure Ivan didn't leave anything. I've got a good buzz going at this point. You know, I leave. Um, I just walked in, I've got a good buzz going, and I just happened to flip the cushion where, you know, Ivo, my cat, slept. And God, son of a bitch, man. There was a gun and bullets and drugs. And, mm 
and it was all just placed just, just oh my god so that's whenever I think I called Eric and I said you gotta come over here and move this damn gun I don't know what to do so Tawny and Eric are freaking out it had been one of those moments in their lives they'd never forget Ivan had just been arrested Amy's on a plane back to Arkansas and they find what they can only assume is the murder weapon and so I had Eric move the gun into the bar and the bullets. And uh, then then it gets real. I don't know. I had to get an attorney. They also find a baggie of drugs, some pills, speed, and ecstasy. So Tawny and Eric consume some of those that evening. And the next morning, Tawny lawyers up. And the lawyer contacts the police. So then we all convoyed from downtown Dallas to the substation on McCallum. And then we all convoyed to my apartment. And all these people were gonna come in and I said, man, don't tear my, do not tear my freaking place up. Don't come in here and start ransacking my damn apartment. I walked into the kitchen and poured myself a glass of wine. And I'm sure that was inappropriate. I don't give a shit. And showed them, told her, told them that she had not, not been in my bedroom. Don't go in my damn bedroom. So they didn't, and I gave them whatever I gave them, and um, they took a bunch of pictures and left. <sighs> but at that point, did you did you tell them about the drugs, or? I gave them some of the drugs. <laughs> but and they were in like a little Ziploc bag. Yeah. But it was just that gun and the bullets. They were just sitting there. I mean, you okay. know, fuck the drugs. Right, but so did you see Ivan or Amy with that bag of drugs before that? All I know is she was the one sitting on the couch smoking out of the speed pipe. That's so where she was what, sitting the whole time, or the majority of the time. She went, well, okay, I had a, a longer couch and then a love seat, and the drugs were found on the love, and right by the door, right when you would walk in or out, and that's where my cat, mine and Ivan's cat, um, would sleep, and so that was just the first cushion. I just flipped it up. I just, just you know, just not even thinking. And then it took me forever to realize Ivan didn't put that shit there because he didn't have any of that on him when he got arrested. She had that stuff. She's the one that did that. Me and him left in the morning together, and he never came back. He never came back to my apartment because he got arrested. So she had to have been the one to put that stuff there because Ivan never came back to my apartment because he got well, arrested. Could, could, could Ivan have just left it there that morning? No, because me and him, no, because I was with him when we left. He couldn't have just picked the cushion up and put that shit there without me seeing it. No. No way. Okay, well, let's hold on. Let's back up here because that's interesting. So... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay, well, let's hold on. Let's back up here because that's interesting. So was he sleeping? Was he sleeping when you got up? I think they were both still up. Um, Well, they had just went and met um, Sylvia and Penny. Okay. But you said when you left, you and I left, she was sleeping? Yeah, she had finally laid down on the couch. But was she on the couch that the the gun would later be found? No, like I said, there were, I had a, a you know like a regular sized couch, and then the love seat. Right. So you know, the, my I had a, I had a couch that folded out to a bed, and then the love seat. And the love seat was right when you walked in. That's where my cat would sleep, right there on that first cushion, and. That's the cushion the drugs and everything was under, which really pissed me off. Because that's where my cat, that's where the love of my life slept. Well, and Ivan knew that's where he slept too, right? The cat. Of course. Well, the cat's name was Ivo. So, but my point is, um, Ivan knew where the cat slept, so... He would never Kind of like you. Why would he not ever do that? Because that cat, we loved that cat. I had to get that cat for Ivan because we were at the pet store and he was not leaving that pet store till we took home this big-eared, little-headed cat that turned into the biggest body, little-eared cat. <laughs> he was the biggest fat cat. I love him. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. For other reasons, too, but you don't think that Ivan would have left the gun and the drug no. where no. the cat would, was sleeping? No, not ever. Ivan didn't leave any of that there. There were only three people in the apartment before the murder weapon was found. Ivan, Amy, and Tawny. So if Tawny, the direct witness, is saying she believes Ivan did not put the gun in her apartment and Amy planted the murder weapon, this is a line of questioning that should have happened on the stand during the capital murder trial, not 20 years later on a podcast. So why don't you think that Ivan left that there? Well, first off, because whenever Ivan was up and we were getting ready that morning for him to leave, I mean, from I had to go to work and he had to go meet with his mom. We were kind of like getting ready together, not like, you know, showering or anything like that. But, um, you know, I had one little bathroom. I mean, he nobody's going to risk pulling a gun out in front of me and bullets and shit like that and putting it anywhere where I could possibly ever see that. That would just, no. And we, and then me and him left together. So, uh, no, I never felt a gun on him. I never saw a gun. They know ne- I never, they didn't talk about a gun. I, and Ivan didn't have guns. I never saw him with a gun ever in all the years I've known him. Well, I mean, let, me, let me ask you this. Um, how, how long was Amy at your apartment? alone she, she was there from the time that we left at say nine thirty quarter quarter to ten till i came home at four six hours yes and so what do you think happened do you think that she had that gun on her the whole time i don't know 
All I know is that um, I do not believe I haven't had any gun on him. Um, I And just the way it was just sat there like that, it, somebody put that there. Somebody had somebody had time to lift that cushion up and put that put that gun there and then put the bullets right beside it and then put the some drugs here and like another, you know, it was just all lined up perfect. That's, mm-mm. What also seemed to be lined up perfect was James Corvette parked right outside of Ivan and Amy's apartment and the bloody jeans and socks on top of the trash in a trash can without a lid inside Ivan and Amy's apartment. And let's go back to the $1,500 Amy gave Tawny right before she got on the plane. Tawny was telling me that a friend recently asked her a pretty interesting question about that. And he said, well, do you think she gave you the last money that she had? Don't you think she probably had a lot more? That makes you think maybe somebody paid her a bunch of fucking money. Because there was no clear explanation why she was giving you that money, right? No. She just, she she had, she just handed me some money. I stuck it in my pocket. I didn't even look at it. I never even looked at what she gave me until I got back in the car after she had gotten on the plane. And then for her right. to tell me, check, check your apartment to make sure that Ivan didn't leave anything. Now, why would she say that? Because she left it there. But she made, so it, made certain that the way that she said it to make sure Ivan didn't leave anything. That's exactly how she said it. You know, right before she got on the plane, it wasn't like when we were, all that time we were sitting there having drinks and just shooting the shit. After she got home, then her and her dad kept telling me my life was in danger and I needed to come to wherever the hell they were at. And that was just ridiculous. Right, so that was my question. If Ivan is arrested and Ivan did it, why would your life be in danger? I don't know. I didn't, I couldn't listen to them. I didn't even know her. But I do remember they, that her and her dad kept saying, you know, well, we would feel better if you were here. And I'm thinking, I don't even know you people. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just trying to figure out why would they even, why would they say your life is in danger if, if Ivan's the only murderer and Ivan did it and Ivan's incarcerated, why would your life be in danger? You got me. And this is one of the elements of the story that leads me to discount the Bonnie and Clyde scenario. Let's say Ivan and Amy did it together. And Ivan has been arrested. He's locked up. He can't get to Tawny. And it certainly doesn't seem like Amy was trying to hurt Tawny. So if you take Bonnie and Clyde out of the equation, why would Tawny's life still be in danger? It sounds like Amy knew someone else was still out there. When I talked to her stepdad, she told him, at least, that Ivan had a mob. Ivan was, like, in a mob, like, had guys working for a mob. (laughs) (laughs) That's about retarded. (laughs) So So Ivan, for the record, that you knew of, Ivan did not have a mob. Oh, please, that is retarded. <laughs> this is just getting silly. So, and so, so Amy never said anything to you about this mob? Oh, dear God. I would have laughed in her face if I could just did. That's silly. 
mob. He wasn't no mobster. He wasn't no gangster. As we continued the interview, Tawny told me about her experience leading up to trial. I just remember whenever um, I had to go, I got subpoenaed by Collin County. I went down to the Collin County courthouse, and they were taking my statement or whatever. I was in this room, and there was like two ladies and the prosecutor, and um, telling them, you know, what happened. And the prosecutor, he he started to nod off. So I stood up and I said, you know what? I think I'll come back when you. I've gotten some sleep. I said, because obviously this is not that fucking important to you and I'm leaving. And uh, the two ladies freaked out and jumped up. And I said, I said, no, I said, he's dozing off. This is obviously he's not, y'all are not taking this very serious and I'm leaving. <laughs> and right, that was like, the prosecution. They were trying, yeah, what were they? They kept, they kept wanting me to say that, that Ivan had done all this shit to me and I wouldn't do it because it, it wasn't true. Done what shit? That he had beaten me up, that he had done things to me. But had he? No. He had, he had never touched you or hurt you like that? Never. But Ivan has admitted to getting into physical altercations in the past. His second wife had pressed charges against him earlier in the year in 2000. And his first wife testified in the punishment phase of the capital murder trial about physical fights. So Ivan did have a history of domestic abuse. But because that had never happened to Tawny, it seems the prosecution didn't have use for her. But you would think with all that you've heard so far, the defense would have certainly called Tawny to the stand. Did the defense ever talk to you? I actually went to them and asked them why they weren't doing something to help him. And the the prosecutors or whatever, they told me not to, but I did it anyway because I didn't feel like they were doing anything for Ivan. And then what did the defense tell you? They just, they never, they just kind of like rolled off the back. They didn't even, they said, oh, you know, yeah, you should testify. And, but then you'll be a hostile, something or another. And I don't know, but I never, they never did let me on the stand. So had you been on the stand, do you think you would have been able to help Ivan's case? Well, I think I would have said the truth. It was so out of character and I had probably known him longer than anybody. I mean, as they brought this stupid weapon, I mean, all this shit, they wanted to bring it to my apartment, so let me say something. She wasn't scared of him, and it was just never seen him with a weapon, never seen him in a mob, never, not a gangster, not none of this. You know, just not, no, not a cold-blooded murderer. In the first episode, I said that Ivan was wrongfully convicted because he never got a fair day in court. And this is another good example of that. If you were facing the death penalty and lethal injection, wouldn't you want Tawny on the stand testifying? Now, it could be argued that Tawny wasn't called to the stand because she was a drug user and her credibility would be in question. But the state's star witness, Amy Betcher, was a drug user. She testified to being on coke, ecstasy, and speed the night of the murders. So everybody's credibility was in question. At least call Tawny to the stand and let her talk on your client's behalf. Ivan's court-appointed lawyers did not call any witnesses on his behalf. Zero. That's just wrong. And now Ivan has been on death row for 20 years. He didn't get a fair trial. He, if nothing, he needs to have a fair trial. 
from my understanding, they went on everything that Amy said. Why the hell would they do that? Why would they trust her? Why didn't they ask her, why were you still hanging out with this person? Why didn't you call the cops? Why didn't you do something? Why didn't they ask her any of that? How come it was just whatever she said was right? I mean, how how um, credible was she really? The reason that she gave for not saying anything and not doing anything was that she was scared. Oh God, she was not. But you're saying she wasn't scared. Well, so she was that. I was I was around her. If she was so damn scared, she would have said something. I mean, come on. You don't just keep hanging out with somebody who has killed people and show, show, you go to your parents, you go around all these people, you come back with them, you come to my house. What? That, that just does not make any sense to me whatsoever. How, but how certain would you be that he didn't do it? Now? Now, looking back on it. I'm I'm still, I'm still almost 100%. I don't think he did it. There's just no way he couldn't do that. And what is the biggest reason behind that, why you would say that? What would he gain to go and kill his cousin and, and Amy? Nothing that Amy, just, it's just too weird that, you know, we go on vacation, we come back and all of a sudden this Amy person comes out of nowhere and she plays like she doesn't know Carlos whenever she obviously works for him. Why do you think that she worked for him or that she knew him? Well, that's just what everyone has said. Carlos was a manager of the strip club Baby Dolls, and that is where Amy stripped. However, it's unknown whether Carlos was working there during the same time period Amy was. If they did know each other prior to the murders, they acted like they did not around Ivan. I think maybe Carlos was part of the Mexican mafia kind of a thing. I think maybe that's how him and James were connected. Um, I, I, I don't think Ivan ever had anything to do with that other than the fact that James was his cousin. Um, Carlos didn't come into the picture until, you know, I didn't know anything about this Carlos guy until pretty much before we went on vacation with him. And my understanding was that Carlos was a drug dealer and like I told you from the get-go, James, that's what he always did. And, you know, right when it was all happening, my emotions, I was just too emotional and I couldn't even think straight. But I know that Ivan did not leave the weapon at my house. He didn't have an opportunity to do that. She did. She was there all day by herself at my apartment. So how would that get, how would that possibly get in my apartment? Her? I think that Carlos put her to be right beside Ivan to know what he was doing at all times because this is what they were planning on doing, setting Ivan up for James's murder. It only makes sense now, you know, I've had 20 years to think about it. Someone else has had 20 years to think about it. This is Ivan's mother, Sylvia. The next call I get is from Carlos Gonzalez. I don't know Carlos. I never met him. 
But for some reason, he felt that he had to call me at 8 o'clock in the morning and set up an alibi for himself. Next time on Cousins by Blood. To see pictures of Tawny and Ivan, the couch cushion, the murder weapon, and Ivo, the cat, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Cousins by Blood Podcast. If you have any information about this case, please email us at Cousins by Blood Podcast at gmail.com or call and leave a message at 469 382 2004. Mixing and Mastering by Jody Abbott. Thank you for listening and stay tuned.